Welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice. I am your host, Pastor David, where I try and help you and equip you to use your God-given voice for God's glory. So, I know yesterday we didn't have an episode. Um, and I was kind of busy doing some uh, other stuff. And I didn't have the opportunity to record. But hey, here I am. And by the way, anyway, on Wednesdays, um, over on my social media platforms, uh, which you can find, uh, is midweek messages. So I preach a sermon every Wednesday night. So go check it out. YouTube, David C. McGuire. Facebook, David C. McGuire. And Restored to Life on Facebook as well. And you can also find me on Twitter. So, now we said that. So what we're going to talk about today is debunking this critical race theory garbage okay it's downright demonic and you know if you don't know what that is well critical race theory basically you know what it comes down to i'm not going to say what it exactly means but what it really is being used for is to say if you're white you're evil and you're wrong okay based on the color of your skin which is extremely racist, okay, for one, all right, I mean, that is no different than when people, you know, here in America, you know, white Americans did the exact same thing toward blacks, toward the Irish, toward the Native Americans and others, toward Catholics, and it's no different. Okay, let me just say this outright. Racism knows no boundaries. So racism knows no boundaries. In other words, upper class don't are not or lower class are not. Okay? Or whites, blacks, Hispanics, you name it, are not. Um, position in life, job, gender, all of it. Okay, racism knows no boundaries because it's evil knows no boundaries. And racism is downright evil. Hating or judging another person based on their race and or skin color is downright evil. And, and you know, I listened, I'm not going to say who, but I listened to a radio show yesterday where the host had a guest on who tried to back up this junk with scripture. Specifically reparations. Now, the idea behind reparations is that you and me and anybody else who is white must pay primarily, by the way, African Americans money, right? Because of how they were wronged decades and centuries ago. Now, let's just recognize that many wrongs were committed, okay? Slavery, just dead wrong, okay? Um, apartheid or segregation completely wrong okay but let's just face facts here okay forcing somebody anybody to pay for the sins that somebody else committed is completely demonic and downright unbiblical and to try to use scripture out of context to back this up is downright demonic 
when when you know, people will dig into places like Exodus and Deuteronomy and other places like that, right? To try and say we must pay people back is dead wrong. Let me just clarify too that those scripture verses in the Old Testament in the Torah or the first five books that talk about things like this was for the nation of Israel and the nation of Israel only. So you may say, well, then brother, what does apply to us? Go read whatever Jesus taught on and that applies. Bottom line. All right. Why? Because Jesus said that he came to fulfill the Torah and the prophets. He's the fulfillment of it all. So you want to know what you need to do? Go to him. Now you may say, well, brother, Jesus did talk about this. He said, if you're, you know, at the altar and you remember a wrong against your brother, then leave your offering at the altar and go make right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But nobody alive today is responsible for, for uh, slavery in America. Nobody alive today. Well, I mean, that's not me trying to think this. Well, there may be people alive today, but they're not responsible for segregation, right? They never made the laws. They're not old enough to. I mean, people would have been kids back then. So, no, there is nothing biblical that says anybody has to pay for the sins of ancestors. And, and to say that every person because of skin color must do this and must pay every person of a certain skin color is downright demonic and wrong. And I'll tell you why. Because not everybody's ancestors were responsible for slavery. Not everybody's ancestors were responsible for segregation. Just like not everybody's ancestors were slaves and not everybody's ancestors were segregated either. And I'm talking about specifically here in America. Okay? Not everybody's ancestors were discriminated against. I mean, many people's ancestors came over in recent times from other countries where they were not discriminated against. Just to have an example. But to perpetuate this nonsense, to hold people guilty for sins they never committed is a downright demonic crime. I mean, think about it, right? Even the sins that we did once commit, God does not hold us guilty for them when we come under the blood of Jesus. We go through that blood of Jesus, they are washed, they are cast as far as the sins, our, our sins are cast as far as the east is from the west, right? God doesn't hold them against us anymore. If our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, our sins are forever forgiven. All of the sins we've ever committed. Not the ones we might commit, but the, at least the very ones that we did commit that we repented of. So if God, right, the ultimate judge, right, the creator of everything, the one who set the laws, who will one day judge both the living and the dead according to Scripture, then how is it that we think that we think we're somehow above them, right? Somehow we can institute 
laws that go against the very nature of God. Laws where we are holding people's sins. I mean, it's not, not even their sins. The sins of their ancestors dead and gone against them. My God, how much more evil can you get? You know, killing somebody is pretty evil. Murder is pretty evil. But to hold somebody's, to hold sins against people, not only their sins, but sins they never committed against them. That's even worse. Yes, it's worse than murder. Why? Because hate leads to murder. And that is just hate. All right, the Bible and scripture. In scripture, hate is equal to murder. And when you say you must, I mean, and the rubbish that comes in is, is crazy, right? A lot of this rubbish is spewed from people who are well off. They're well to do. Well, you must make reparations. Well, how about they take a look in the mirror and think, what can they do for others? Right? Because according to the Bible that I read, according to places like Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4, it is those within the church who take care of those within the church. Right? Then nobody's in need. But it's funny how these people spewing this nonsense from their high horses and soapboxes. When's the last time they gave money to people? When's the last time they saw a person in need and they did something about it? Right? No, but they're just going to sit in their favorite spot in the pew in the front of the church. Right? That way they can't see anybody else. They don't have to deal with anybody else. You know, and heaven forbid they see somebody maybe pulling into the parking lot in an old jalopy, right? Or maybe their clothes aren't the best, whatever have you. You know, when's the last time they actually did something? I guarantee it's very few and far between. Oh, there are great people out there who actually bothered to do something. But when's the last time those people say reparations, reparations, right? When's the last time they decided to take care of their own? When's the last time, say, for instance, guys, as we have Father's Day coming up, actual guys deciding, you know what? Dang, I think that's a single family coming in. I think that's a single mother. When's the last time one of those well-to-do guys decided to father those children? You don't have to be a physical father by blood to father somebody. When's the last time? When's the last time they said, hey, son... Hey, daughter, let me, you know, what do you need? You know, do you need a way to school? Do you need gas money? You know, hey, when's the last time, you know, son or daughter, the last time somebody took you out, treated you to something? You know, I, I feel for single mothers. I, I feel in my heart. My heart breaks. I have compassion for the fatherless. But I don't have compassion on those who want to be hypocrites. Right? Do as I say, not as I do. Do as I say in making reparations. Do as I say in taking care of those less fortunate. Oh, oh, but wait, wait. But you want me to do that? Oh, no, please. I need my money. I need my nice fancy suit and ties. I need my nice car that I drive. Hypocrites. And I cannot stand hypocrites. Why? Because Jesus cannot stand hypocrites. 
So don't tell me that this stuff is biblical. You can use scripture all you want. But at the end of the day, the Bible says what it says and it means what it means. So don't try to take scriptures completely out of context. Don't try to eisegetically explain what scriptures are to go and defend your demonic doctrine at the end of the day it's just downright demonic and even worse I've, I even worse I heard well this reparations may lead to revival no it won't I tell you what this is doing this is dividing people more than ever before and not dividing people along healthy lines in other words Jesus said I came to bring the sword right and he came to divide family so along spiritual lines is, is division I, I call it healthy division and and division is a part of the bible okay right the wheat from the tares light from the dark blessings and cursings and so on all right those are healthy divisions but what these proponents of critical race theory and reparations do is completely unhealthy why because it's it's dividing people along lines that were never meant to be divided over dividing people along the lines of race skin color all right people will were, were never ever meant to be divided that way you will not find that in the bible only spiritual and you may say well brother what about the nation of israel i mean weren't they separated well they were a holy people right but it was along a spiritual lines of people set apart for the service of god to show god to the world all right so that jesus our messiah could come through the line but it was never among racial lines and you cannot tell me that the bible supports that because when we also flip over to the new testament right many couple different places paul wrote right no longer jew or gentile no longer slave or free no longer male or female there is no division in these physical areas of life only saved or unsaved that is it that is it i've said it time and again have you been to the foot of the cross or have you not been to the foot of the cross that is the only division so now we're going to take a break for an ad or welcome back to the other side of the break we're going to continue talking about this critical race theory reparations and such now people said say that this may lead this just may lead to revival nonsense we have to be in unity and the church is not in unity as long as we let racism and prejudices and victimhood and victim mentality set in in the church we will never have revival and that's what we have going on in the church right now racism prejudices victimhood well, I'm just a victim because of the way I was born and the way I grew up and kind of my skin color and blah, blah, blah. You say, brother, you're speaking awfully harsh. You don't understand. You're white. You've never really now. Really now. I grew up in a hand-me-down house. Okay? My first bed was a used mattress I got from my aunt who's one of her sons used it. Who knows for how many years? So this thing was dirty, stained, beaten up. And that was my first bed on the floor. 
So don't tell me I don't know. Okay, I lived hand-me-downs uh, most of my life growing up. All right, we never had cable TV. In fact, we didn't even have a color TV until I was a teenager, and that was only because somebody gave it to us. So don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. All right, believe me. I grew up way poorer than, you know, a good amount of people. So I know, I'm not saying that to complain. But yet, here I am. You know what I did? You know what I did? It's called hard work and dedication. That's what happened. I, I made a choice not to be a victim. I made a choice to get out of that. The opportunity came along and I, and I, and I grabbed it. What was the opportunity in the form of the Army recruiter? And I grabbed it. I can't think of any higher honor anyways than serving your nation. The only higher honor is serving God. But I believe that out there, many opportunities have come along for many people in poor conditions. And my heart breaks for people in poor conditions and, and the fatherless and the widows and such. But I believe that many opportunities have come along and they've rejected it. Well, I just don't like it. Well, what do you freaking do? Ain't nobody care what you like or don't like. All right, hard work and dedication ain't easy. All right, not everybody's going to be the next superstar, you name it. There are opportunities out there. This is the, America is absolutely the land of opportunity anyways. I mean, that's, that's what's talked about. And, you know, ask anybody who comes over here from a foreign nation. They will tell you it's the land of opportunity. All right, my wife is from South Africa. All right, you go over there. Go live over there. I challenge you. Go go to South Africa. Believe me, they'd love to have you. Anybody. Go live over there. And you will be crying to come back to the United States. There is opportunity over there. It's few, few and far between. To progress and to advance is few and far between. But you come over here and all of a sudden, colleges galore... Right? May not be easy, may not be comfortable. You know, student loans aren't exactly the nicest thing, you know, where it takes you half your lifetime to pay them off. But hey, the opportunity is there. Right? Four main branches to include the Coast Guard, right? So the fifth one, call them Stepchild. I'm kidding. Uh, out there, if you're in the Coast Guard, you have people in the Coast Guard family, God bless you. But, you know, you also have the Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, four different opportunities to serve your nation, right? You will be paid to serve your nation. You will be given uniforms and clothing. You will be given a place to live. You will be paid to eat money. <laughs> to eat money, I just said that. You will be paid money to eat food. All right, I'm not going to edit that out. It's too It's too funny, so have a good, have a good chuckle at me. Um, and, and, you know, if you get married, they'll pay you. Tell me what job out there will pay you if you get married. Nobody. So, and free college. Okay, it takes hard work and dedication. You're darn right. It's darn right, just like disciplining our flesh takes hard work and dedication. No different than being disciplined and getting the discipline necessary for the, for the military. You may even have to go to combat. <gasps> but guess what? The opportunity is there. So don't tell me you don't have opportunity. Well, you know, the area I grew up in. 
Well, the people, the way they look at me. Well, stop having a dang victim mentality. So what if people look at you funny? People look at me funny. Because the way I look, I don't dress up, man. I got a big, long, bushy beard. And I come in and got a gun on my hip. And people look at me all weird. Oh, so what? God bless them. Stop being worried about what other people think about you. Stop hanging on to the ghost of the past. All right? The ghost of past wrongs and past hurts. Stop it. Stop it. Let me tell you what. Jesus, right? A Jewish man, right? God in the flesh. I can't think of any other person that was more wronged than him, right? Here he comes down to earth, trying to get people everlasting life, eternal salvation. And what did they do? What did the religious leadership of, of his day do? They rejected it out of hand. Oh, you know what? That's not the way I want it. You know, no, we want you to come as a conqueror and overthrow Rome. But you didn't do that, so we're going to reject you. No different than what people do today when opportunity comes along. You know what? That 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 self-sacrifice, that selflessness, I, that ain't for me. If it ain't making me tons of money, going to make me a name for myself, I don't want it. Okay, go live in the squalor. But guess what? At the end of the day, don't complain. Don't complain. All right, Jesus was wronged. God, in the flesh, wrong. Beaten. Beaten doesn't even, that's a nice word to describe what happened to Jesus. But everything, all right, let's just, let's just go into this for a second. Jesus, God in the flesh, right? Now, first he's betrayed and arrested, okay? All right, even while he was arrested, they, they spit on him and kicked him and stuff. All right? Then, then they, they humiliate him and, and hand him over to Herod. Herod hands him back. Now he's bouncing off between people. Okay? Then he also gets scourged. People like to say whip. Whipped is a nice description of it. But the difference between scourged and whipped is like the difference between hot and cold. The cat of nine tails ripped the flesh from his back. Ripped the muscles and tendons and sinew until the bones were exposed and he was bleeding to death. Then after all that, they put um, a purple robe around him. That had to hurt. They pressed a crown of thorns into his head and the blood came down into his eyes, stinging his eyes. And then even after all that, they weren't done humiliating him yet. No, then they stripped him naked, forced him, to carry his cross up the hill while he was bleeding to death. The crowds throwing things at him, spitting him, calling him all sorts of nasty things. So he gets up to the to Calvary, to Golgotha. He gets up there, right? Not done humiliating. The first thing now to the cross. I can't imagine that pain. And he's hanging on there. They're mocking him. I, he can see them gambling for his clothes. Now he's up there on the cross naked and humiliated. People mocking him. Get down from the cross. Oh, you worthless blah. And you know what Jesus did? Did he call down legions of angels? No, but he did previously say that he could do that if he wanted to. No, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. 
you need to do if you're listening you're holding hand and heart toward another race you know may may you know what perhaps you were wrong by police please do that nobody's perfect and i'm not going to defend racism maybe you've been pulled over numerous times just based on the color of your skin you never done anything wrong game maybe you got fired from a job maybe you didn't get hired at a job and and you know what perhaps whatever has happened to you has never been your fault but what happened to Jesus was not his fault either but he forgave you need to forgive today unforgiveness and bitterness will hold you back from a lot of things in life but most importantly it will hold you back from the kingdom of God and you'll and you'll suffer sickness infirmities because of your bitterness and unforgiveness you're just poisoning yourself you need to forgive today if you're out there trying to be a proponent of critical race theory and reparations then you know what the biblical kind of reparations are forgiveness reconciliation you know I forgive you that's where reparations truly start according to the Bible so God bless you out there This is your host, Pastor David, saying, forgive like Jesus did.